1: Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide, as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and Zone TV. If you'd like to give us a call worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, TV.com. My first guest tonight is Steve Behrman. He is an internationally known author, humorist, and workshop leader. For the past 22 years, he has written and performed as Swami Beyond Data. I think I said that right, the Cosmic Company. No,
2: it's, uh, it's actually Beyond the Nanda. It's uh, It's an Italian name.
1: Oh, I see. All right. Yeah. Go back to your spaghetti. I'll be back with you in a sec. <laughs> in 1980, Steve co-founded Pathways Magazine in Ann Arbor, Michigan, one of the first publications bringing together holistic health, personal growth, spirituality, and politics. Joining me now is our very special guest this hour, Steve Behrman. And Steve, welcome to the Exxon. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: It's a great pleasure, Steve. Uh, once again, how do you pronounce the name of your alter ego?
2: Beyond Ananda.
1: Beyond Ananda. Ananda.
2: Ananda. A lot, all the Swamis have Ananda after their name, and I found out that Ananda means bliss. So, so, you're, beyond, so... The, beyond Ananda, you go to bliss it's another 500 yards. You can't miss
1: it. Well, so that means you're beyond bliss.
2: Yeah, or the, or the Swami is. I'm an ordinary person, but the Swami is uh, a little bit more out of this world than I am.
1: Tell me about the Cosmic Comic before we start talking about uh, a, a great book that that has come out uh, about 2012.
2: Well, actually, about uh, 25 years, the name Swami Beyond Ananda flew into my head, and mm-hmm. uh, I tell people I got struck by enlightening during a brainstorm. And uh, since that time, uh, the Swami has been coming through, and uh, his, he's been described as... Uh, Comedy disguised as wisdom and wisdom disguised as comedy. So it's really a way for me to use my my humor and playfulness and so on. And, you know, there's certain mm-hmm. things that you can say through humor that you uh, can't really say directly. Humor is a wonderful way to deliver messages in a way that uh, they come in under the radar.
1: That's right.
2: And in the Transforming Through 2012 um, um, multimedia Ebook. Uh, the Swami can be heard uh, talking about uh, various aspects of 2012.
1: You know, it's just like when an author writes fiction, it's easier to get the point across in fiction than it is as a novel.
2: Exactly, because you put people in the story. You know, a a joke is very much like a a hypnotic trance. When you start listening to a joke, Mm -hmm. you narrow your focus of attention, and you'll believe almost anything. So if somebody says, uh, there were these two cannibals eating a clown, and one says... This is hey, funny to you. Uh, you'll go along with the idea that cannibals are eating clowns. Just to get to the
1: punchline. All right. Steve, you and I have to take our first commercial break. Please stand by. Great having you with us. XO Nation, Steve Behrman is my special guest. Two important websites. Steve's personal website is wakeuplaughing.com. That's com. And we're also going to be giving you another website. We're going to be talking about 2012, this hour in the X-Zone. www.transform2012book.com That's www.transform2012book.com Steve Behrman and I will return on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the X-Zone continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, X-Zone Nation... Starting November, we're with NNTV in Niagara Falls. It's going to be a great time for one and all. More about it at www.exxoneradiotv.com forward slash nntv.htm. Take a step back in time and discover Old Florida Cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. ExoNation, Steve Behrman is our special guest. Once again, here are a couple of websites. Steve's personal website is www.wakeuplaughing.com, And uh, we're going to be talking about transforming through 2012, leading perspectives on the new global paradigm. That website is www.transform2012book.com. Steve, what is the Attraction with the year 2012. Now everybody hears about December the 21st, 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar, the galactic alignment, the new, uh, the dawning of the new spiritual paradigm. So, what is it?
2: Well, you know, I think that there's uh, there's been this growing feeling in many many different circles mm-hmm. that something is about to happen, or as the Swami might say, the shift is about to hit the fan. And uh you know, on the on the uh, evangelical Christian side, we hear people talking about the rapture. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists are talking about the sixth great extinction. there There's tremendous earth changes happening right now, whether you're not whether or not you're you know you're looking at all of these predictions, of things that things are actually happening. The twenty twelve story, uh, you know, depending on you know, the, there was that movie which maybe you saw. I didn't oh, see yeah. it, but from what I heard about it, it was just basically another disasteroid scenario. Uh, yeah, it was a waste of my heart. Generate it's, fear.
1: It was a waste of my hard-earned money.
2: Yeah, I knew that was going to be the case, so I didn't. Uh, I took my hard-earned money and didn't spend it on that. Uh, but this whole idea of using these changes mm-hmm. to foment fear. Because actually, fear makes it easier to control people. People go into their hind brain; they become less intelligent. Their fight-or-flight mechanism is activated, and their creative intelligence kind of shrinks. So, uh, you know, I could see that these, uh, you know, this this pending thing is is being used by people. Uh, but I think the appeal of it is that there is a sense that there is a transformation that is in the process of taking place. And uh, the serious book that I wrote with cellular biologist Bruce Lipton, perhaps your listeners uh, know Bruce's work, he wrote so a book do. called Biology of Belief, and our book is called Spontaneous Evolution, uh, our, our Positive Future and a Way to Get There from Here. And we're recognizing that we're on the cusp of this new uh, evolutionary emergence where human beings recognize that we're all cells, in the body of mm-hmm. a new organism called humanity, and these are that's obviously a very transformational idea. Given how we've been programmed to believe, given how we most people believe about our uh, human beings, you know, powerlessness, we're original sin, we're evil, we're you know we're kind of a, a gone species, and so on. So the 2012 is a portal into a new story. Now, these these times, which people have called end times, you know, apocalyptic mm-hmm. times, when you look at the original meaning of the word apocalypse, it meant the lifting of the veils. So what we are seeing, and we're seeing the veils lifted on all kinds of secrets right now, and some of those secrets are the uh, the awful truth about uh, what the... Various aspects of the ruling elite, our governments and so on, have been perpetrating to us and on our behalf. But the other awesome truth, the other awesome opportunity in, in this uh, lifting of the veils is the veils are being lifted from who we human beings really are. Uh, you know, behind the programming, behind the fear, behind uh, millennia of rule by what we call uh, the lowest common dominator. So there is a sense of expectation, and uh, it, certain interpretations of the 2012 story offer a much more hopeful view of where we might be headed.
1: Who wants to dominate us, and for what reason?
2: Well, you know, I think I think that uh, you know, for for centuries and centuries. Uh, you know the world, or at least the uh, you know so-called civilized world, has been ruled by a, by a ruling class. And you know, initially, uh, it certainly made sense. These were the people who had achieved more. They they had uh, they had more wealth. Uh, they had more ability. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, uh, as uh, Lord Acton said, "Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely." So you get. Um, generation after generation after generation of these people who believe they have the ultimate entitlement to rule. And with each generation comes a degeneration. And at this point, if we, if we look back maybe 50 years ago to um, the conviviality of the ruling class, the uh, one party and the other, and now we see the bitter divides, we see the, um, the ruthlessness and brutality, it's simply that those are the forces that have come that have come to the surface to be examined to be looked at to be healed
1: what happens all right hypothetically december the 22nd 2012 everything's the same
2: uh i you know i you know that that kind of reminds me of a um of a a very prophetic uh Interview I heard uh, with uh, the baseball, the, the sports commentator Howard Cosell, mm-hmm. and the great baseball player Willie Mays, and I'll channel it for you so you'll uh, you'll get the gist of it. We're talking with Willie Mays. Willie, let me ask you this: Will the Giants win the pennant this year? And Willie Mays said, "I don't know, Howard. That's we're going to play the season to find out." So we have uh, what we're coming to understand Mm -hmm. about the nature of reality, and this is through um, various experiments in quantum physics, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth, is that um, reality is something that gets created by agreement. So if we as a collective decide that this 2012 is going to be a horrible, destructive scenario, it's very likely that that's what's going to play out, that we will feed that reality. We will put energy into the field for that reality, and uh, we will go down that path. If, instead, we look at 2012 as an opportunity for us to release these old stories that no longer work, then we are likely to create that scenario as well. So the short form is that... um, I don't believe it's written. I believe that we write it with our participation, one way or the
1: other. You know what? That sounds like kind of a, you're you're covering both bases. If there's a catastrophe, there's a, we told you so. If nothing happens, there's also a built-in, we told you so. Why doesn't anybody ever take a definitive stand?
2: Well, you know, people take definitive stands all the time, and uh, I think they—I think the National Enquirer still does this uh, every year. Mm-hmm. They invite the, uh, you know, the best known psychics of the world to make their predictions. Yes, yeah, so do we. Okay, and guess what? What the- percentage of those predictions happen?
1: Less than two percent.
2: Right, because I believe that the purpose of prediction is prevention. In other words, if you put out a certain scenario, mm-hmm. and you Lay that scenario out for everybody to look at, and it's a repugnant scenario, then people will go, you know, we don't want to go there. And so that possibility becomes extinguished because everybody looked at it and went, nah.
1: Let me give you another hypothesis. If the Mayan calendar, the Mayan round calendar, wouldn't and on December the 21st, 2012, and there's a lot of discussion whether it actually did or it didn't within both the archaeological community and New Age spiritual community. Would there be all this hype about December 21st, 2012, even though there's a galactic alignment?
2: You know, I think, as Swami would say, there definitely has been galactic acid buildup on the underside of our karma uh, for many, many millennia. Mm -hmm. People have a feeling that something has to change, without knowing what that is. People have a feeling something has to change because if we look around at our institutions in society, most institutions are not working. You know, do, in other words, at the current mm-hmm. level of organization of human so-called civilization, we've come up against the limits of the the uh, constructiveness. That can happen at this level. But how can there is a strong sense that something has to give? People have attributed it to this date. Maybe that date's wrong. You know, it reminds me of the old old monk, whose job it is to um, translate the ancient scrolls and documents. And he's, Mm -hmm. he's down in the catacombs, and these other monks hear a scream, and they come running down, and the old monk is shaking, and he's saying, "It says celebrate, not celibate." So, you know, interpretations uh, sometimes make a difference.
1: You know, we were talking about the world needs a change. I agree, but isn't it us up to us as we the people, the collective, to realize that we have caused this problem, and we have the power within us, and it has nothing to do with divine intervention or any other thing, except the responsibility of making those changes ourselves in a real physical well, world. You know,
2: it, I I agree with you, and, and I would I would add this this caveat. Uh, in our book, Spontaneous Evolution, one of the one of the people we quote is David Ray Griffin, and he is a uh, In addition to uh, to having written a book called The New Pearl Harbor about Mm -hmm. 9-11, David Ray Griffin is a very well-known, prominent theologian and one of the developers of something called process theology. Uh, At the end of World War II, after the Holocaust and so on, and people were just kind of shaken and saying, how could God, if there is a God, how could God allow such a thing to happen? And process theology was uh, developed in part by Alfred North Whitehead, the the philosopher. And the short form is that there is no divine intervention, that we bring the powers of love or the powers of evil through our own actions and the uh, the thoughts, feelings, beliefs uh, in, in our human heart. So... We, there, I believe that there is such a thing as the power of love, mm-hmm. and we have the choice to activate this power or not. Uh, one of the conclusions that Bruce Lipton and I come to in Spontaneous Evolution, and we have a, a piece in Transforming Through 2012 as well, is that this is a human emergence where we actually come into... We, we cease to be children of God. We become adults of God. All right,
1: stand by, Steve. I've got to take my news break. Exxon Nation will be back on the other side of this news break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
0: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network,
1: Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. ExoNation, Steve Behrman is our guest this hour. www.wakeuplaughing.com is Steve's personal website. And we're talking this hour about transforming through 2012, leading perspectives on the new global paradigm. That website is www.transform2012book.com. You know, over the years, we've been talking about 2012. and, And there are those who are hardcore believers and there are those who are hardcore skeptics. And events like Y2K certainly don't help.
2: Well, you know, I think that that all of these things kind of gather our focus. Mm -hmm. And so much of of what we focus our energy on is really story anyway. And it's the value of that story, what is happening, the sense that there is something happening, the sense that there needs to be something happening, and what it is, uh, you know, some people are absolutely certain that this is going to happen on that particular day. And then others are equally certain that none of that's going to happen. Um, the thing is that uh, as we are learning, and, and once again, uh, experiments in quantum physics, uh, many experiments done by Dean Radin over at the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, indicate that reality can be influenced by our thoughts and beliefs. Uh, not just because a lot of people believe something, they vote for somebody and he or she does this or that. Not even that. But, but in terms of expectation, there, you know, that, that, you know, we do know that people mm-hmm. can, uh, on different days, some days more than others, people can change uh, the, uh, the odds that a coin is going to come up heads or tails based on their intention. So we're only now beginning to uh, experiment with those kinds mm-hmm. of things, and uh, there have been a number of um, worldwide uh, or even localized meditations. Uh, you probably heard about the uh, the experiments done in Washington, D.C. in the 1990s during the long, hot summer. Uh, uh, a threshold number of uh, transcendental meditation practitioners came to Washington, D.C., and the uh, crime rate went down precipitously during that particular period of time. When the meditators left, the crime rate went back up again. So we're just at the really very, very beginning stages of exploring and understanding these fields and how the fields create reality. All right if we're the talking thing. if
1: we're talking about the number of people that it would take to have a positive effect on on something, would be a significant number if we're talking about changing a cosmic event. So let me ask you this question. How many? What is the percentage of all the people on this planet who believe that there is going to be a catastrophic event on December the 21st, 2012? And what is the percentage of people on this planet who believe nothing is going to happen on December the well, 1st, I would have to
2: say, if you're talking about actual numbers of people, mm-hmm. most people on the planet have no idea about any of this. I mean, we're talking, you know, there's, you know, there's millions of people, uh, you know, or billions of mm-hmm. people, you know, who are not even tuned into this conversation whatsoever. Uh, according to Greg Braden, whose work you might be familiar with, he said that to uh, to impact the field in a particular area requires the square root of one percent of the population there, and I don't have my calculator, uh, so I don't don't know how many people that is. So
1: all we need is Uh, 1% of the world population to think positive thoughts, and we will avoid this catastrophic hypothesis that the other people, the other 99%, may actually be believing in.
2: You know, I think that most people don't even know about this. I think that the, you know, these mm-hmm. conversations that we're talking about, they don't impact, you know, perhaps millions, if not billions of people in China, in India, in Africa, in South America. Well, you know, that's, that's,
1: that's a very interesting point, because if it doesn't impact them, why is it so significant with, with us? Why isn't it just another day with no impact at all? Maybe they're right and we're wrong. Well,
2: you know, I think that most people, uh, you know, it's kind of like the the joke. You know, don't be concerned about what people think. Most mm-hmm. people don't think. Uh, you know, I think that that most people are simply going along with with things. Uh, and if if you if you look at, for example, the American Revolution, uh, it was really only a small percentage of uh, of the American colonists who participated.
0: Uh, but you that see, that was
2: really a small number of people, but because they had coherence and cohesion around a particular idea, that idea took hold.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, Nobody voted
2: on uh, Einstein's theory, for example.
1: No, they had the idea, but they also took physical action. That's what caused the difference. You just didn't have a bunch of people thinking in a pub. Or, or lining up the, along the shores thinking these positive thoughts to defeat the British. You actually had them coming together with the idea, making the idea work, taking the idea, and turning it from a thought into physical action. That's what
2: happened. What happened? Bingo. There you have it.
1: All right, so, so how is this going to work? It may be
2: that, that uh, on this particular day in December uh, in uh, 2012, the sun rises, mm-hmm. and everybody goes, uh, I don't see anything different. You know, the difference is going to be made by people actually taking this awareness that we're that we're gathering. And you know, in uh, in evolution, there are two factors in evolution In every evolutionary phase, mm-hmm. from single cell organisms combining to become multicell organisms to multicell organisms combining to be complex 50 trillion cell entities like you and me. It's always involved two things an increase in awareness, and an increase in community and connection. So now we have the Internet. Now we have a way for people everywhere to be connected, for an idea to be hatched here. All right, but and not, not, everything,
1: there. not everything on the Internet is true. In fact, the majority of stuff on the Internet is crap. I call the Internet the largest septic receptacle ever created by man. Because there are so many people out there who believe just because it's on the internet, it's true. And the, of but there there's, there, there's plenty so much of disinformation and oh, misinformation plenty. around. Sure, that's not the
2: point. The point is that we have a tool for communication, and uh, you know, remember the old garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we putting in? Um, you know, you the airwaves can be jammed up with a lot of garbage, but yep. just in. in uh, in judging by our little conversation, the intention here is to create more clarity. That's right. And so those are the forces that we have to, you know, part of our participation. Okay, part let, me our our let, let me ask you this.
1: Let me ask you this. Hold on, on here. Hold on here. Forces. Hold on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. Let me ask you this. All right. All right. Who is going to take responsibility? For December 21st, 2012, because a lot of people are going to get hyped up, a lot of people are going to get scared, a lot of people are going to get nervous, a lot of people are going to be spending their money left, right and center on survival stuff, survival food generators, changing their cash into gold, buying uh, products on the internet. It, when If the entire event fizzes out like Y2K does, who is going to ho- be held responsible for the losses that these people are going to be taking physically, mentally, and financially?
2: Well, look, the responsibility begins here and now with mm-hmm. every individual who is either participating or not participating, making a choice based on their best um, study, intuition, and whatever. Ultimately, uh, I don't, it's, it's the individual's responsibility for what they, what they glean. I think that if I, if I wanted to really oversimplify, mm-hmm. we have two choices in this world. We can feed the wolf of love. We can feed the wolf of fear. If what you're doing to prepare for something that may or may not happen is focused on love and expansion and connection... Then whatever you do, whether or not it mm-hmm. happens, is going to be good.
1: All right, tell If you're me. going,
2: I'm I'm going to use this opportunity mm-hmm. to, um, to be more sustainable, to create more community, to um, really ask myself what's valuable in my life, what's truly valuable. Then no matter what happens, you're ahead of the game.
1: But isn't if that what's re- isn't, is-
2: a fear message?
1: Isn't that what religion is for? is is the well, is the uh, 2012 who movement said
2: that uh, is, is, spirituality is our connection with the divine and the all right are we
1: saying are control. we saying that the twi- well then is it is it feasible to to try and well let's let's just call it as it is is the 2012 movement trying to create their own religion
2: well you know i i, I really can't say that there is a monolithic 2012 movement i mean you know you can I mean, certain people have, have gotten more mileage out mm-hmm. of it, but ultimately, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of religion. We're coming to the end of the point where we believe that we need some kind of an intercessor to come between us and our connection with the infinite. But that's, that's,
1: and, not, that's, not, that's not the belief of the majority, that's the belief of the minority.
2: Well, you know, today's minorities become tomorrow's majorities. That's how things so, change. So, this, so it exactly sounds to me... On a number of paradigm changes. Uh, you know, for, we'll take, for example, the, the shift from, mm-hmm. um, you know, the monolithic, monotheistic religion to scientific materialism. Now scientific materialism has become a religion, and so it's time to yield to uh, another paradigm.
1: So we're all going to stand around, sense? hold hands, and sing "Kumbaya." Well, I don't know. It, it sounds, I think it some sounds like will a, be holding their own hands. It, well, it's it sounds like a dumbing down of society instead of a revving up.
2: Well, I think there has been a stupidization program going on. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, just as you talked about the the internet, um, amidst all of the garbage. Uh, you know, and, and certainly, you know, anybody with a with a uh, computer can put anything up anywhere, mm-hmm. um, and it really uh, is forcing us individually and collectively to develop discernment. We never have we've never had to do that, <laughs> and and uh, that's really what's up right now. I'm I'm involved in a transpartisan political movement in the United States to bring the uh, left and right wing together, to discover the truth uh, together, rather than to simply believe what they've been told.
1: All right, so tell me, is there actually place in politics for the New Age movement?
2: Is there actually what in politics?
1: Is there actually place in recognized politics for the New Age movement?
2: Well, it depends on how you define politics. If you if you define politics as the manipulation of one over the other, mm-hmm. then no, but if you define politics as the relationships or our collective relationships, then uh, we can take some of the, some of the spiritual understandings that have been developed over the past 25, 30 or 40 years, mm-hmm. we can take the holistic philosophy and say, well, what if we what if we looked at the body politic uh, like we would look at a body? We, what we have right now, we have Newtonian, allopathic politics, where you know one side, one force is operating against another force, and the underlying causes and so on go unaddressed. But if you look at this uh, as as a holistic physician might, and begin to recognize the relationships. Uh, the deeper causes, uh, the, what we call the sociopathogens, um, then we recognize that it's very easy for people to be manipulated one side or the other um, so that the, uh, so that people don't really unite around the virtues and values that ninety percent of us share in common.
1: Are you aware, as someone who, you know, you've got an obvious very close interest in 2012, are you aware of any precautions that any government around the world is taking or preparing for on December the 21st, 2012?
2: I am not aware of anything like that. Now, of course, um, you know, things come to light. I mean, (laughs) back in the the 70s, uh, the CIA was doing experiments with... Remote viewing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we don't know that are be, that have been um, developed in secret. But I don't think that this, you know, I, I really don't imagine that anybody in the uh, domains of government are preparing for this like one would prepare for quote unquote disaster. We have a perfect storm of disasters that are already developing. That you know, it's not. It's, I'm not looking at this as on this date, boink, something mm-hmm. is going to happen. Um, it, there's some very interesting uh, experiments done with random number All generators. All right, let's
1: talk, let's talk about the experiments okay. with random uh, generators on the other side of this break. Okay. Exxon Nation, Stephen Behrman is our guest. Trans, uh, transform2012book.com and www.wakeuplaughing.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back after this break. Don't go away.
0: 19th
1: Officers on the scene. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I've learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me Larry Lawson every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule, and check me out at ParanormalStakeout.com.
0: True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.SoulBalancing.World.
1: You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.XZBN.net. Stephen Behrman is our guest this hour, X-Zone Nation. Here's a couple of websites. We've been talking about transforming through 2012. Leading perspectives um, on the new global paradigm. The website is www.transform2012book.com. And uh, Steve's personal website is wakeuplaughing.com. First of all, Steve, great having you with us. Uh, I've gone to your website, uh, both of them, check them out. Super. And I'd also like to uh, say that it's been great having you with us uh, discussing 2012 in a very informative and positive manner.
2: Well thanks Rob. I really I've, I've had fun myself. Um, I wonder if I can just really say something very quickly sure. about the random number generators. Uh, these are computers that have been operating for about I don't know, half a second, about 25 years, and uh, they, they just spew out numbers in random except when they don't. And when, um, at times when many, many people in the world are concentrating on one thing, notably um, the uh, O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. Princess Diana's funeral, and uh, the 9-11 Twin Towers attack, uh, the numbers begin to develop patterns, and they, you can begin to see coherence in these numbers. Now, what's very interesting is that the coherence patterns began about two hours before the Twin Towers attack. So if you look at time, imagine that this moment in time, like this December date in 2012, Mm -hmm. imagine that you're dropping a pebble into a pond, and the ripples are going out in all directions. What we're learning about time is that it's the same thing, so that we can say that there is this moment in 2012 when this and this is going to happen. But I would suspect that if that's true, then the ripples are going out in all directions, and some of those effects are already being felt now.
1: So uh, as, as if we're creating our, our, a force field in the time-space continuum.
2: That would be a way to put it, yeah.
1: Steve, uh, once again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people get a copy of Transforming Through 2012?
2: Well, they can go to the uh, Transforming Through 2012 website that you mentioned. They can get a copy of the ebook there. Uh, I'm, I you can also go to Wake Up Laughing and get a copy, and I'm happy to sign it for people. Um, and uh, you know, again, the uh, the ebook is very very cool because you can uh, there's spoken word, there's videos, etc. And I think that uh, Deborah Juicy and her team did a really phenomenal job with this project.
1: Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again in the future, and as well as Aswami.
2: Good. Thank you. And as Aswami would say, may the forest be with you.
1: <laughs> Take care, Steve. Excellent. Okay, Steve Behrman has been our guest this hour. Once again, two websites, www.wakeuplaughing.com. Dot com. That's wakeuplaughing.com. And for more information on transforming through 2012, www.transform2012book.com. www.transform2012book.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exome. Don't go away.